listening to our podcast series with Surrogacy Australia. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and in turn for helping us spread awareness and appreciation for surrogacy. I'm your host, Anna Mackay, and these recordings are from a regular webinar series that I run. You can find upcoming dates on our website at surrogacyaustralia.org. During the one-hour webinars, I will walk you through the surrogacy process in Australia and you can type in questions for us to answer. My co-hosts have all done surrogacy in Australia and they alternate between surrogates, gay dads and straight mums. This episode, recorded in October 2021, features psychologist Sarah-Jane Giray. SJ has worked in the industry for more than 15 years as a registered psychologist, working with women and couples who are pursuing their dream of having a family, whether via IVF, surrogacy, sperm or egg donation or adoption. She is passionate about helping women manage antenatal and postnatal anxiety and depression, as well as the areas of perinatal and antenatal psychology. As well as a mum through surrogacy to two children herself, she is passionate about helping parents manage parenting trials and create secure attachments to their young children. If you'd like to arrange your own session with SJ, you can find her at happyminds.net.au. In this episode, we break counselling into four stages, pre-surrogacy, mandatory, ongoing while pregnant, and ongoing after birth. The questions I pose to SJ are, why would we need counselling before we find a surrogate? How do we prepare for the sessions? Will we pass the counselling? My surrogate is pregnant and is having some individual counselling sessions. Should I be worried? I thought we could talk about everything as a team, so why would she need to talk to a counsellor? Why would IPs have sessions during the pregnancy? Why would a surrogate or new parents need any counselling once surrogacy is over? And how many sessions should we budget for our surrogate? Some of the valuable insights by SJ talk around the ideas that babies are gestated in the body as well as the mind, get your house in order before doing the cha-cha, the dance of surrogacy, and buffing up on your emotional coping skills. I hope you enjoy the episode. So this first stage here. So imagining that we're a gay couple and we need a surrogate or or a hetero couple and we've been told that we need a surrogate to start or expand our family. So SJ, why would we need counselling then before we've even found one? Okay, so the answer to this question, I guess, is what I would say to anybody who is embarking on a massive, giant project. Um, And that is that you need to have your, your house in order. So by that, I mean, um, you know, making sure that your journey up to the point where you find your surrogate and you form your team or you find your IPs and you form your team, that that journey doesn't impact or impede on um, from, I guess, when you when you form that team onwards. Hmm. Um, You know, it's really about preparing you to cope better with the the crazy roller coaster that that surrogacy can be you know surrogacy surrogacy isn't for everybody um uh, it has a lot of I call it rather than a roller coaster I often use the analogy of a cha-cha-cha it's a little bit a couple of steps forward a couple of steps back dodge to the side um you need a really good partnership to be able to to do the um to do the uh surrogacy um journey really really well and I think making sure that you you know your coping strategies as an individual are the best that they can be so that when you go into that relationship uh in your team that nothing that you've 
um, that you've kind of, you've experienced in the past is going to get in the way of it being a, a good experience and mm. trying to, you know, we all carry with us coming into sur- surrogacy teams. We carry with us our personalities, our experiences. It's making sure that we've got a plan to manage that. And, you know, working with a psychologist who's experienced in that area gives you a chance to have a bit of a reflective space. Yeah. So a bit of time and space to be able to think about, okay, how am I going to manage um, some of these things that occur for me? You know, how can I make sure that I'm um, the best I can possibly be before I start this journey? So it's like getting making sure the foundation's right and it's not saying, you know, there's anything wrong. It's making sure that your coping mechanisms for dealing with stress in your everyday life because it's all going to be tested having a baby with multiple people that's making sure that you're like, yeah, I'm ready. I've got everything else because yeah, um, we've all got other life pressures, don't we, with work and our own families and, and things. So you want to make sure that you that's in order. As What do you say? The ha- get your house in order? Get your house in order, absolutely. I guess I think it's, you know, thinking about the curveballs that come your way in life generally. When you're in surrogacy, there's a lot of pressure. You know, you've got nine months of pregnancy to get through. Everybody at some point gets a little bit of anxiety because everybody wants this to go well. Um, We all bring a lot into those teams, um, all of our past experiences, our personalities. And I think, you know, making sure that you're buffing up on your emotional coping skills. So, you know, when the pressure is on that you try and keep your cool rather than exploding or becoming really, really, really anxious that you've got mechanisms and strategies in place that are as as good as they can be before you kind of start that journey Mm. it's great it's better than doing it you know towards the end of pregnancy when the pressure really is on and your focus needs to be on you know either giving birth if you're a surrogate and looking after yourself or if you're intended parent you know caring about your surrogate and thinking about preparing for becoming a parent yeah because yeah, when you're in the pressure cooker situation, that's not the time to start unpacking and learning all the skills. No. You want to have a good skill set going yeah. into it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Cool. I reckon that's a good overview of the, the first stage there, like the, the pre-tune-up, you know, up, so to speak. So what have we got here for our second one? So the mandatory counselling, the, the official one, if you like. So I guess... Some people here tonight might be wondering, so if we have a surrogacy team and we're getting ready to have those individual and group counselling sessions, how do we prepare for those sessions? And I think a common fear is people are thinking, are we going to pass? So what advice have you got for people there for preparing and and, and will they <laughs> let me let me address the passing uh, comment first because that's that's something. You know, I guess what I my experience is working with teams, often that's the first contact that people have had with a psychologist or counsellor. Mm. And that brings a whole bunch of nerves, um, as well as it being one of the most important things you will ever do, which is, you know, bring forth a baby. Um, and I think it's not pass or fail, right? It isn't pass or fail because... It's really just about thinking realistically about do you have 
the coping mechanisms in place, thinking about the implications of what you're doing. Have you thought it through? Uh, do you have what it takes to be able to cope with this cha-cha, this journey that you're going to be on? Um, and really, you know, thinking about the birth story uh, for, for, for your child, particularly for intended parents, you know, thinking about that one day you're going to be sitting down with your child and they're going to be asking about where they came from. You want that to be positive. Yeah. So any checks or balances that set you up for that positivity, it's essential. Mm. So, you know, I think that's the way that I see that kind of that part of the counselling. I know it becomes oh, my gosh, you know, a lot of anxiety. It's, you know, am I going to fail this? Um, you know, this is just another tick box. Actually, it's there for a reason. You know, it's to make sure that, um, you know, we're, we're taking it seriously. It's a long process and it, it needs to be. Yeah, and we, we, it's life we're talking about here. So we want to be considered and working together. And and is it, it's altruistic surrogacy. It's, it's a model of surrogacy. There's commercial surrogacy is the other one. The altruistic surrogacy is a from my understanding, a giant investment in relationships with people, many adults coming together. And so the counselling is not necessarily um, an audit of their ability to be a good parent. It's their ability to navigate having a baby with multiple people, which is an unusual thing to do. And so it's a way of, um, and also talking to somebody who's experienced in it to say, hey, here's what other teams have done before. And here's, you know, the wisdom that we've got from them to, you know, share with you as a team, let's all be thinking about these things because there's a child at the end of it that we need to consider their story. So, and I was just thinking, is it that too, that they, with the not pass or fail, it might be if a team has something else to think about, it might be, let's have a couple of weeks off and go away and see how everybody feels about this and let's come back and have another session. Is it more just a pause as opposed to a fail? Yeah, look, my, my um, myself and, and my colleagues that that do these this implications counselling, these these psychological assessments in surrogacy, um, you know, I have a huge amount of respect from for my colleagues here. You know, I do the same thing. We we give if there are things that need to be worked on, yeah. you know, it is a it is a recommendation that we can make. So you know, if there's somebody in the team needs some extra support to manage some anxiety that may be cropping up. We may have a surrogate that perhaps um, has experienced some postnatal depression in the past. It's not, it doesn't exclude that person by any means, but it may mean that, you know, chatting through um, the situation and the context means that there's some extra support that might be required. Mm. And it's about listening to that, you know, taking that seriously um, and thinking about um, having a plan to manage it. Yeah. Because as, as you said before, we're all going to have life's ups and downs. So it's just let's, well, yeah, what, what's the plan in place there? So coming into those sessions with you, is there any um, things that teams could chat about that are good things to cover? I mean, I think a lot of us obviously know some of the classics about termination and how people feel on those big issues and what if somebody dies during the pregnancy and, and that. Is it those sorts of conversations people should be having together? Absolutely. There's a lot of conversation that needs to occur. The, the, I guess the biggest tip that I always have for teams going to surrogacy is do your research. Make sure that you're, you're looking at sources that are um, 
as evidence-based as we possibly, there's not a huge amount of research in surrogacy generally. I wish there was more, there needs to be more, um, but there are definitely credible um, people who work in the industry who are able to, like, you know, your services for a start, you know, being able to give information, um, making sure that you're reading that, you're understanding it, you're talking to your surrogate, you're talking to your IPs, you're... Um, really it's almost like you kind of have to live and breathe the information you know don't leave any stone unturned um that really sets you up for this type of sort of mandatory um counseling because it allows you to have had those really sticky conversations like you were sort of mentioning there about termination you know what would we do if it allows you to to practice your communication you know practicing um, talking to each other about really difficult things that may pop up. You know, you like you said earlier, you're creating, you're bringing forth life uh, with other people, which is a weird thing to do when you think about it. Mm. So being able to um, have really difficult conversations, practice that prior to going into some counselling sessions, there'll be things that the counsellor will point to or tell you about or discuss with you that you won't have thought of. Um, that's kind of our job to find those places mm. and to help fill in those gaps. But the best, um, the best teams that I see come through, and I guess I mean best, the ones that have the the sort of most straightforward journeys um, are the ones that they get the house in order, they prepare and they do their research, they they listen to the podcast, they read the blogs, they get onto um, forums, they ask questions, they really get a handle on it they read books um you know and talking to you know talking to the right people yeah and other people that have gone through it and learning from their their journeys and going oh wow that team had that issue happen what does that happen in our team how do we all feel about that and learning from your peers I think I think you saying do your research that's probably one of my whys my main motivators for doing the webinars and these resources is what does that mean when people say, I'll make sure you do it, but what does that look like? And how do we gather those um, podcasts and, and books and stories and, and yeah, and so that as a team, you know, yes, we have done it um, instead of going, okay, we read chapter one. Oh, are there another 10 chapters? Oh, didn't know that. So it is, it's tricky. So yeah, you want to walk out of the counselling going, yes, we we did, we've had prepared as well as we could have. Um, and then, you know, even when you find questions to ask them that they hadn't thought about, they were still prepared enough to answer them as in the session with you, I guess. Yeah, I think it's, it's it, you know, the more information you have, the, I guess the more, the more you go into the counselling with, the more you're going to get out of it because the further you can go. And, you know, we want to go as far as we possibly can because what we're doing here is something so extraordinary that, um, you, you know, we want to make sure that it goes well, right? Yeah. Um, and the only way you can work out what's right for you is if you put the effort into the research yeah. um, and you take responsibility uh, for, for that. Yeah, that's good. Because as a parent, <laughs> as a parent, that is what you are going to be doing at 24 seven. So take, you know, having, um, you know, taking responsibility at that point, it's great practice, right? Yeah. Investing time into all of these readings and filtering it through and going what sits right with us. You've got to have time to digest that. Yeah. 
So that's good. That's I reckon that's a good summary of that section there. All right, moving on to number three. Perhaps a scenario here of my surrogate is pregnant and is having some individual counselling sessions. Should I be worried about that? The other ones we've got written there are, I thought we could talk about everything as a team. So why would she need to talk to a counsellor then? But then also, why would IPs have sessions during pregnancy themselves? What are your thoughts on those? I think that, well, just let me address that first question. So um, your surrogate's pregnant and having some counselling, should I be worried? I think you should be jumping up and down with glee, to be honest, because what that's doing is it's allowing your surrogate to, you know, to offload some of the things that she's thinking about. Now, there's a presumption there that that might be something that's negative. Mm. Often, and correct me if I'm wrong, Anna, you know, often surrogates, there's a there's a bit of a parallel journey going on, right? So there's yeah. something, um, there's a, you know, it's not just about giving somebody the best gift in the world. It's often about things like, you know, giving back to the universe, being, you know, proving I can do this, you know, mm having this amazing act of altruism that's going to change somebody else's life. Yeah. It's not necessarily, you know, can I do this? Do am I, you know, have I got this? And, and sort of those kinds of parallel journeys that show up. Mm. So having counseling is a great, a great place to kind of enrich and to reflect on, on those things for surrogates. surrogates. Mm. So it's not just about, you know, going into a counselling session and like venting, which is not very helpful for anybody anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, those counselling sessions are a great way to reflect on, you know, what you're bringing to the team, what you need to take better responsibility for maybe, mm. or different strategies to be able to cope with some things to just kind of, I guess, let it out. Control. So actually... Sorry, Anna. Control what you can control. And and I, I think I know from other surrogates, sometimes they get frustrated in their pregnancy and then there's this, you know, parallel going, yeah, I signed up for this. I know this is what I wanted. So why am I whinging about the pregnancy aches and moans? Um, you, you know, I'm grateful to be doing this, but I'm still hurting and tired and COVID and there's lockdowns and I can't see my IPs. And so those frustrations are normal. And I guess then they can take it out on you, so to speak. <laughs> As a counsellor, yeah. event to you. Well, hopefully not take it out on me. Not take it out on you, I suppose. <laughs> I'm joking. But, you know, get it, get it out, right? Yeah. Get it out. You know, sometimes it takes somebody independent to validate how you're feeling and just go, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. But somebody who's not invested in the outcome. Yeah. And it's that kind of, um, it's that sort of uh, free and clear, you know, um, of any sort of, impact you know the counselor is obviously wanting your team to do well but it's not personally invested mm. so being able to, to share how you're feeling and and you know talking about those aches and pains and you know talking and sharing about um you know how it may feel when it's when things are a little bit up and down with you know could be medical things could be anything mm. um thinking about what they bring to the party so you know i would be you know, if if it was a surrogate that I was working with and they said, oh, I want some counselling sessions, fantastic, bring it on because it's only going to enrich mm. the team. The and same is true with IPs. Yeah, in, enrich the individual and the team there. So, so it's something that you would recommend. Is it something that people should plan for, like a particular number, like once every three months or individually or as a team? Is there a recipe? Oh, 
it really I'm gonna do the psych thing and sit on the fence here it is a it is a bit of a is a bit of a uh, okay at the start are there some things that we need to sort of plan in and most teams that I work with um I absolutely absolutely firmly believe towards the end of that third trimester and absolutely into the fourth trimester having sessions even if it is just a surrogate that's an absolute must um but i really think ips as well to to discuss what that feels like and what that sort of birth journey was like too is is extremely important because yeah. that's about you know how you're going to parent and that sort of thing mm-hmm. but um but yeah i think i think um I think for I just to address that bottom question, mm. um, why would I piece our sessions during the pregnancy? Sim, you know, similar to the surrogate, it's about thinking about how am I showing up in this team? Mm. How can I be the best version of myself? Mm. Having a chance to reflect on how is it going? How am I doing? What can I do more of? What can I do less of? What can I do better at to support? my surrogate and her family Mm. how am I feeling you know uh, surrogacy for intended parents brings up a lot of anxiety you know your your beautiful little one is cooking away in somebody else's tummy and you know it, it is you can't you can't be there every second of the day to check that the baby's still moving, like, you know, that the symptoms of pregnancy are still there, it can bring up a lot of anxiety. Mm. And um, being able to talk to a counsellor, being able to share that and reflect on that is really, really important. Mm. That lack of control that you would be experiencing and not having it in you and kicks and conf- little confirmations all day that it's fine. Um Yeah, and I know something you're very passionate about too is helping people prepare for parenting and that, you know, in surrogacy, people are so grateful and thankful, but it doesn't mean parenting is going to be grateful and thankful all the time. And these little little babies take everything from you and, and don't say thank you for 15 years, or probably not even then. Uh, so it's it's preparing for that transition of, and, the, and it's okay to find that hard. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, thinking about, and I say this to teams, thinking about, you know, we know that, Um, babies are gestated in the body but they're also gestated in the mind so you you know through through a pregnancy you're calling to mind your baby I mean I work in perinatal psychology you know not just in surrogacy land and um you know I often talk to to women about calling their baby to mind you know what is your baby going to do for a job when it's older what type of baby you know is the baby going to be born with hair without hair you know how are you calling your baby to mind how are you cooking that baby in your mind yeah surrogacy it's kind of split so you know Mm. the surrogates there thinking about the baby in a certain way right Mm. you know as a belly buddy or a little passenger you know however they may be referring for intended parents though um they're on the path to becoming you know fathers or mothers Yes. And that's a process. And mm-hmm. I think it's really important to acknowledge that. Um, and that's, you know, counselling is a great place to do that and to reflect on this. You know, how are you calling to mind your baby? Mm-hmm. Because one day somebody will be putting that beautiful pink wriggly thing in your arms and you'll go, all right, <laughs> now it's on. Life has changed. And now I'm actually going through these massive adjustments that it takes to become a mother or a father mm. and so 
you know, we know that that's a process, that the psychological process that means that um, the whole of your identity, your world, your relationship, your place, your place in the world changes when you, uh, you know, start adjusting to becoming to parenthood. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you you know, you need to do that, right, because that's what your baby needs you to do. It needs so, you to adjust your life and to prepare your mind and your heart. And your relationship, right, yes. and your identity changes when you become a parent. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you kind of having a place to be able to talk about this stuff prepares you as much as it can, right? Yeah. Prepares you um, for thinking through and talking through these sorts of things. Mm. Because from the moment that baby's placed in your arms, you know, you've you've got to be, um, you've got to be there, right? Yeah. You've got to be um, the safe haven for your child and the secure base. Yeah. And so it doesn't, you know, it's not about you anymore. It's about this little bubba. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's also thinking about, you uh, well, how do I manage and preparing for managing as an intended parent, managing how your surrogate's feeling post-birth, yes. how, you know, your relationship's going post-birth, yes. how your baby's going. You know, you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of things that you're going to be managing. Yes. So any sort of preparation that you can do for that is really, really important. That's great. Yeah, I really like that analogy of, yeah, you know, preparing your mind for Bubba as well. And it's, it's making me go, Everybody, hetero couples that are formed easily, we should all have done this. This, you know, know, thinking about the baby's place in our life. I think, you know, yeah, if if people had had, if everybody had to experience this sort of counselling and and preparing, um, these children in surrogacy are very loved and and probably come into very stable homes um, because people are very considered in their choice to be parents um it's it's never an accident no surrogate babies was ever oh oops <laughs> that yeah, it's, it's very deliberate yeah. but but i do you know there is there is a sort of um i guess working in perinatal um tells me that there's a lot of similarities that you know it's it's, it's still parenting it is still that adjustment yep. um you know babies you know it tells me all those things but i think in surrogacy for me um it's there's there's an added layer because you've you've brought like you sort of mentioned you've brought forth this baby via a team approach which absolutely has uh beautiful things about it but it it you know we all bring our own personality into surrogacy it can have some downsides or some things to consider too Mm -hmm. um yeah so I i guess i think it's um yeah it's really really important to have a space that a a place to be able to reflect you know they say that parenting is the best type of parents are the ones that reflect and they think you know they think about um what's my baby doing what am I doing how are we interacting yeah I think the same is true with surrogacy you know mm-hmm. we come into surrogacy with very very different journeys you know there's often I see a lot of grief a lot of grief and loss yes it has to be you know, I don't, I guess I don't subscribe to the belief that it has to be not there. I don't think grief works that way. It's always a part of us, but it's about how can I manage some of the impact of that um, as I go through this journey. And so counselling is a great place to do that. Mm. Yeah, safe space there for it. So, yeah, that's fantastic summary there. So we'll go on to our fourth one. 
given birth and what life looks like after surrogacy. Sometimes it might be relinquishment counselling in some states, but then perhaps some ongoing counselling anywhere from birth to 12 months or beyond for some people. So why would anybody, a surrogate or the new parents, need any counselling once that project's over? And sometimes IPs might wonder if, you know, they're aware that their surrogate's adjusting hormonally to life after and, and the end of a project um, and finding her, you know, way again. Are there a number of sessions that they should budget for? Um, what would be reasonable? But, um, yeah, so why would anybody need it? Well, I think we've touched on, um, I think everybody, I think, automatically goes to relinquishment. So going, you know, going to thinking about, you know, helping, helping surrogate to, to deal with the impact, all the sort of hormonal changes, the emotional changes, um, any postnatal depression issues that might be showing up. You know, I think that is that is an abs- that's absolute gold has to has to happen yeah. because it's a, again it's a it's a safe space to be able to share how you're feeling and to reflect on that journey. Yeah. Um, the afterbirth part for both um, both sort of sides of the coin, surrogates and intended parents, a chance to be able to talk through the birth story yeah. is really really important. You know, on behalf of, you know, on on the surrogate side, you know, we know that one in three women um, suffer some form of birth trauma. That is that is a widely, you know, um, accepted stat that we have. We know that it's really common and it varies, obviously, more or less in terms of how traumatic it is. But it's about making sure that if there's any issues, they're picked up, that we've got a plan for that, that we're providing, you know, support um, and I believe that, you know, that that's extremely important that we have that in place. Mm. So it's managing, um, talking through the birth story, it's thinking about this magical fourth trimester that we that we talk about a lot. Yes. And, and I know for some surrogates who might not end up with full blown like myself, postnatal anxieties and depression. Mm. It's a tricky period because you might have some birth trauma and it might not be because it physically didn't go well, but it just or certain things didn't play out in your mind because often the birth for surrogates is sort of the money moment in some ways, wanting it to go in a particular way. And it's tricky because surrogacy is joyful um, and there's a a baby here. And and so the intended parents and all of their friends and family are very joyful that there's a little one here. And so then sometimes as a surrogate, it might be tricky to go, well, why, why am I not joyful I've got this birth I need to reflect on or, you know, the time around the birth, give or take a week, can be a complex time. So she might muddle those feelings up with, is she upset with the IPs or is it just helping her, is it to help them see the things for what they are as the different elements within a journey, I guess? Yeah, I think, um, I think, you know, what, you know, what typically happens um, for intended parents is that they that you know adjustment is the word here right so surrogates are adjusting hormonally emotionally uh to to i guess after birth what happened and the absence of the baby the intended parents are going oh my gosh you know but now it all starts right <laughs> this is the thing i wanted you know i remember feeling so hazy so excited but uh, you know just so completely cloudy because I was so it just it's it's the it's the peak experience right when the surrogate hands over that baby or you know 
however that works yes. that just that moment of of you know being with your baby for the first time surrogate you know seeing that it's the it's this amazing peak experience and I think um it's an adjustment right so intended parents are really busy with bub and um want to be there for their surrogate but there's a reality to looking after a newborn and making sure that all that lovely attachment um and bonding is starting straight away and that you you know you're really working on that um and i think you know i think having some counseling at that point to be able to take that somewhere else uh is really really important for both sides Mm. (laughs) Um, and somebody that hopefully that you've worked with pre-birth so that you've got some some relationship and some trust built up yeah that makes sense so somebody that yeah you've already established a relationship so you don't have to unpack everything and if there were underlying issues at other points in the journey they've got a history of that so and then how many sessions then would it be reasonable for teams to again you might need to sit on the fence on that one because is it a you know let's say for three months and then touch base and see how everyone's going have it yeah look I think I think it's really hard isn't it because it really depends on where everybody's at and the last thing you want to do is sit in front of a counsellor have nothing to say nothing to reflect on I just feel that you're there because you're again you're ticking the box right um but I think a lot of the answer to that question probably comes if you're doing your homework at the start because you might you might say look okay and and I often say to teams uh, it's really good to create um, a trimester plan that goes over the whole pregnancy including the fourth trimester so making sure that part of that is talking about what counseling you think you might need or might want Mm -hmm. how much space you think you might need up front to be able to talk through how you might be feeling everybody has feelings you're entitled to them they are valid so being able to say look I think at least once a trimester and then maybe you know a little bit more leading up to birth and then certainly into fourth trimester probably you know once a fortnight for for a couple of months something along those lines might work for me but it just really depends on um depends on how you're feeling you know yeah and I think sometimes one technique is to have them booked in and then cancel if you need, because I'm sure the psychologist can fill up the session. That won't be a problem. So, uh, and I found myself, if I knew it was, then I didn't have to, to worry. So, um, so for myself, you know, public knowledge too. So struggle with the postnatal depression. We, we went on a mental health care plan. And so I had continued counseling up until 12 months. So yeah. Partly because, you know, and towards the last, it was only once every couple of months towards the end, but it was quite intense in those first three to four months for me. And then for, and there's a little tip to some teams, if the surrogate's expressing milk and she then weans off that, I found that's a dip in, in her coping mechanisms because the, the oxytocin hit that you get from expressing milk dips off. So as IPs, you know, all those little things to be aware of. Um, and it's a lot to manage for IPs who are now peas. You know, managing a surrogate and a baby, it's just, and and you don't get a a training period with the baby. It's like into the trenches. Yeah, and and there's also this kind of unwritten thing that sits there, you know, because I've tried so hard, I've I've gone through, you know, the nth degree to be able to bring forth my baby. I'm not really entitled to to have a, 
have a day where I'm feeling exhausted or strung out or fed up that actually my life has completely changed. And actually, you're going to feel like that. That is part of that is part of the fourth trimester for parents, right? Remembering that the fourth trimester, it's it's about the, you know, the bub's experience of coming into the big, wide, loud, bright world after sort of bumping around inside, um, you know, listening to some beautiful room music. Um, you know, going out into the world is a really hard experience for a newborn. So they're going through it. They're a little bit disruptive for those first three months, that fourth trimester. So for intended parents, they're coping with that whilst trying to, you know, form an attachment and a bond with their baby um, that they've kind of caught, you know, hopefully they've they've managed to call to mind in their head and, and think about. But that's not often the case. You know, it's not always the case, I should say, right? So it's watching out for, for um, you know, depression, which is really kind of um, a sort of, a, you know, issues with adjustment and attachment post-birth. And knowing that just because you didn't happen to carry that child doesn't mean to say that, it's not a difficult adjustment to make becoming a father or a mother. Yeah. So watching out for that is really important. Yeah. And I know that's something you're very passionate about is helping the parents adjust. Well, obviously surrogates too, but being a mum yourself and your husband, you know, through surrogacy twice, it's that adjustment. You've lived and breathed it. You know, this is very rare in our, in yeah. our world. So we're lucky to have you. So, so I think that's our four stages. So there we go. Um, so I'm going to stop screen sharing and we'll go back to um, big versions of you and I for everybody there. They get full screen of us. I will just do the general housekeeping and say if anybody does need to duck out at any point and, and head off, you're welcome to do that. Um, you stay for as long as you need and want to, but we've got definitely got time for some questions. So um, the question, an anonymous question is that if you are already undergoing counselling by someone who specialises in fertility, do you still need to do this type of counselling or can your ongoing counselling be considered in this instance? Just because somebody's got a background in fertility doesn't necessarily mean that they've looked specifically at surrogacy. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean that. Yeah. So you need to sort of check that and make sure that you've got that uh, clarified. I think um, it depends also um, what state you live in and how, whether you have the, the counselling um, covers an assessment and is mandatory. So it just depends on really um, the experience of the person that you're working with. Mm. So in terms of ongoing counselling, where it's not, um, you know, it, it's part, it's just supporting your team, um, you know, it could be really helpful if you've got a trusting relationship with an existing counsellor and they've got some experience, that could help you. But I definitely think it's something you probably should talk to the person that you're working with and get a little bit more information. Mm. And that particular counsellor might say that um, this is not my area of expertise and here's who I recommend. SJ, any other pointers that as we were going through, you went, oh, I wish I'd mentioned such and such. Have you got any that spring to mind? Yeah, I, I, I just, just on the point about closing the project, I think that's really something that I didn't talk about. So that final section there about um, counselling after the event, yeah. obviously some states there's counselling um, that you need to have post-birth, right? That's about checking checking that you, you're, um, you're ticking those boxes. Yeah. But any sort of project, yeah, this is, this is, 
Um, I can't think of a bigger project that, that you would ever do. And so being able to close it out to make sure that everybody is where they need to be, mm. to make sure that people are, you know, team members involved in that, including the children of the surrogate and the family of the surrogate, particularly um, those partners, you know, that they're okay, that um, everybody's got what they need to, to kind of close it down. And, you know, when you've had a really great experience, I had a really great positive experience and I felt awful after it finished and probably so did my lovely surrogate because we had such a great time. <laughs> we didn't want it to end, yes. you know. Um, so just close like down the project well. House, I was going to say, a bit like building a house or a musical yeah. production or the grand final of footy. Yeah. We might have had a great lead up. Yeah, you didn't want it to end. And they say, like, oh, what do I do now? Yeah, exactly. So any any sort of project needs to have a start and finish, right? They're signposts. So closing it down, making sure that everybody is left well, they've got what they need, um, that everybody has managed that that come down from that peak experience is really really important. Mm, yeah, good point there. Look, I think just just a real general point for people who have never, in, you know, never spoken to a counsellor or a psychologist before. Thinking about, thinking about chemistry is really, really important when you see any counsellor or psychologist, whether it's to do with surrogacy or not. Making sure you get somebody who, who makes you feel validated, like what you're saying is important and actually does matter, and that the, the chemistry and the communication is, you know, you like them really really important because right. it needs to be a safe space and when you're dealing with something like surrogacy it's it's extremely important that consent is managed well that we're thinking about communication especially when we've got kind of multiple parties that um it's handled really really well so i'm just going to put that point out there chemistry and trust is really really important so you're basically giving people permission if they don't click with the first counsellor that they have a session with, it's okay to say, thank you, I'm sure you're right, you don't have to say it to their face. But, you know, I'm sure they're right for some people, but you just haven't found the gel and that's important. So you're allowed to shop around. Absolutely. And, look, I think it's really important. I'll say to most clients on the first session, you know, if the chemistry's got to be right, how are you, how are you feeling? Um, you know, it's, it's really, really important. We yeah. don't take it personally. It's not a personal thing. Sure. And then on that, so you're in Melbourne. So Melbourne have the PRP panel for part of theirs. So sometimes the counselling's through an IVF clinic. So are you one of the people that people could access for that mandatory official counselling? In Victoria, because we have the PRP, the mandatory, the implications part of the counselling happens at the clinic. Yes. So you'll have some amazing counsellors with the clinics that will take you through the individual sessions for both parties and then the group session. Um, and then it is not a, it's not a, um, something you have to have, but the panel really, really do encourage and appreciate an independent psychological assessment. And that's where you would come to myself uh, yep. in Victoria um, for me to be able to work through that with you, to do that assessment with you. So that's a little bit like an immediate date. <laughs> you know, you kind of, you, you know, you pick that person, you turn up for the assessment and I'll then, um, you know, ask you a bunch of questions and hopefully you feel comfortable enough to answer them. And um, and then I write a lovely report for the, for the panel for you. Yes. So then they can engage with you for any of those 
pretty much any of those four stages, but slightly different in Victoria. The mandatory is done through an IVF clinic, unless, of course, they're doing traditional surrogacy, not through a clinic and doing home inseminations, in which case then they can come to you for counselling. So, yes, Victoria is pretty much, mm, I I nearly have my overview of this, one of the few states in Australia where you must use the counsellors in the IVF clinic. That's quite unusual. Are you able to do counselling for teams interstate? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, for instance, New South Wales, um, you would be able to have both of those things with me, right? So you would be able to have the implications part um, and then, you know, I can then write a report uh, to be able to sort of, you know, help you, you through I tend to adopt my teams. So by that, I mean, I, I, you know, I want them to do well um, as they go through that process. So um, that's when, you know, there's the offer there to speak to any counsellor that's experienced in surrogacy or myself for ongoing counselling. So then I can be part of that journey with them from that point onwards. Beautiful, because you've got that history. So for anybody listening tonight or in the recording, that, and if you're not in Victoria, you are still able to access SJ if you're feeling the chemistry from her tonight and and would like to. So looking up that Happy Minds website. So James and Stu, some of my regulars on the webinar, lovely to have you back, lads. They understand that we have to have mandatory counselling to proceed through the surrogacy journey or sometimes called implications, but how influential are the results of counselling on the success of the parentage order? Yeah, is that one before pregnancy, does that correlate or does that counselling have anything to do with the one post-birth at all? It all contributes the way that I would think about it is it's about preparation, right? What's What tools, strategies, skills, how ready are you for the journey? You know, that all feeds into that kind of end experience of holding that baby in your arms, how your relationship is with the person who has done this amazing thing for you, how you all come out of it. So, you know, it, it really is important to think about in my world I guess in my head um, I think of it as the journey in and the journey out and so how did you know what are the things before the the baby arrives in your arms um, that you can do to make sure that things go well and most of the time it's about taking responsibility for our emotions what we're bringing to the table how we're showing up how um you know, how supportive we're being and how sensitive we're being either side, um, you know, what we're doing for our team, that makes a huge impact on how it all goes down. Mm. And in reality, I mean, parentage orders are a legal thing, but there's in some states there's a report that needs to be written and we need to see what's this team like now. We see everybody, we see everybody in the same room including the baby um to look at how um how everybody is with that baby so yeah it makes sense it's really connected james and Stu. yeah yeah good question lads so another one here from min um so is it common for ips to feel that they can't complain when parenting is difficult because they feel they should be lucky to even be parents is that common yeah look i think hmm, I think it's not just IPs. I think it's parents in general, you know. Um, they've got the beautiful little, you know, little baby in their arms. It smells so good. And, yeah, and I think it's really natural to start thinking, you know, I should be grateful. You know, we do a lot of that as human beings. So I think it's it's quite a normal thing. Yeah. yeah. 
I guess, surround yourself, surrogacy or not, with a village of people, other parents that get it and that you can have a safe space to talk about, you know, all of your feelings um, without judgment. One, one of my biggest fears, I'll share something as, a, as with my IP hat on here. Yes. One of my biggest fears with being an intended parent was when I became a P, would I be accepted by the other mums in the mums group? Yes. And I have to say wholeheartedly that was not an issue because once you're a P, you're a P. And with everything good and bad that that entails and that massive adjustment that we need to go through, mm. you're, you're a parent. Everything changes. So, yeah. 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 So hopefully it is positive there and yeah, you find a, people to talk to. Yeah. A question here is, so how can IPs make a surrogate feel comfortable with accessing optional psychology counselling sessions before, during and after the pregnancy? So without being intrusive or coming across as judgmental if a surrogate is seen to be having challenges. So if the IPs can identify that counselling would be helpful, but the surrogate perhaps is not mm. saying yes, how can you? Table, yeah. yeah. It's a difficult one, isn't it? I think um, hmm. you'd want, um, preferably you're facing that situation before you're pregnant and, and you're t- chatting about that and what the plan might be. Because Yeah, I think it's like you, I think um, how you also describe it there, it's kind of heading it off at the pass if you can, mm. which is easy to say in hindsight. So that's what, you know, if you're, if you're at the start of this journey now, I absolutely think that, you know, a, a minimum agreed number of sessions, you know, maybe it's one per trimester per person at the start, just takes that issue off the table. Mm. But I think if you're, I think if you're running into trouble, maybe going in yourself as an intended parent, being the role, role model, setting the, the tone and the example and discussing with your counsellor, okay, what strategies have I got to kind of help the surrogate to understand that it might be useful? Yeah. You know, having a team session rather than, um, you know, thinking about, you know, I have this thing that that um, if there's one team member in any team that's not performing, it's the whole of the team's responsibility. Mm. And I think that's true in surrogacy as it is in uh, in life. Yeah, everybody needs to pull their weight, so to speak, but, you know, they're all valued members of the team there. Thinking about that group counselling session, I know with some of my SAS teams who are pregnant, one way to help with that um, issue, you know, how do we get a surrogate to mention that is when I do a group email that might be first, second, third trimester check-in, hey, team, how are you going? Here's some relevant resources or podcasts to listen to or here's some things to chat about or consider some counselling. I um, email out each party on the team separately first and say, hey, I'm going to do this update email. Would you like me to put anything in it? So then it looks like it's coming from SAS and going, oh, SAS said this is a good thing to talk about at this point in time. Oh, this is what a bit of the recipe. So you can blame it on SAS or, or you know, other parties. Oh, this is what other teams have done. So then it takes a little bit of the heat away from either party making that suggestion because um, it's a true, it's a, you know, it's awkward. Service is awkward. <laughs> really close relationship. It is. It is a, a relationship that you will never, you will never have with anybody else the way that you have with your your sort of threesome, foursome, your twosome, whatever you may be in. Right. Yeah. Um, it's it's this unique period of time that is so 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 special. Um, and so yeah, you want you want to come out of it feeling validated and heard. Definitely. Yes. So, yeah. And so those feelings are important if they're coming from the IPs or the surrogate. Yeah, definitely. 
might end with the last one here. So, so what are some red flags that you've seen when you've met teams? I'm, I'm going to say, <laughs> you're welcome, Lindsay. Um, okay, so one of the one of the key things, and it goes back to something I said at the start of the um, webinar, is teams that haven't, uh, I'm going to call out IPs here, IPs that perhaps haven't really got to grips with or addressed some of the journey in to surrogacy factors, mm. right? That is not about not grieving anymore. It's not about any of that because that carries on. It's about um, thinking about, you know, managing anxiety, managing the impact of the grief, managing some of the disappointments, the changes in expectations of what our body can or can't do, making sure that that is managed before you then um, as well as it can be, and, and sometimes, most of the time it's ongoing before you start off, um, you know, in your surrogacy team. So in terms of red flags, that's, to me, that's kind of one of the centre ones, thinking about teams that perhaps haven't completed what they needed to complete or haven't got to a stage where they can progress. And the majority of what you're saying there would often be there for the intended mums coming into surrogacy. They've often been on quite a journey of health to come to surrogacy um have sometimes the gay dads have they or dads to be have similar things look it's it's i guess it's a slightly different um slightly different scenario but there's definitely pieces to that you know the kind of the injustice of that and how that feels to be in a relationship where you want desperately to be a parent but it's not easy yes. and you need you have to bring in third parties when it's actually something that's private uh you know those things can sometimes show up yeah. but um but yeah i mean some of the sort of very very uh some of the things around grief and loss for sure mm. um are some of the things that can sometimes give rise to to strong anxiety and then um you know we see lots of kind of control lots of checking what's going on mm. Totally understandable when you stand back and look at it, but it does need to be managed. Yep. I was just thinking of the red flags there. I can think of teams who, while pregnant, struggle, but I, I suppose it's not perhaps a red flag because then you're in it. I'm thinking, I suppose, in the yeah. early stages of pregnancy, the cracks might start to show. Yeah. I, th I think just, just a general red flag, just to, to sort of pick up on what you said there, Anna, about it's not a... It's not a uh, for, for people who meet for the purposes of surrogacy, yep. so not those teams that meet, um, sorry, um, you know, sisters or sister-in-laws or this pre-existing relationship, for those teams that meet for the purposes of surrogacy, it's not, not an equal relationship. So mm -hmm. even though it can feel like your best friends and your soul sisters, soul brothers or whatever you might be, right, um, it actually isn't a meeting of equals because one person needs something desperately off another person who is beautifully willing to, to do that. But it isn't a meeting of equals. It's not, you're not meeting each other on the basis of friendship. You're made, you, you, you might develop a beautiful friendship down the track, but it's always holding on to the appropriateness at that time as you're going through that journey of the fact that it's, it's a little bit unequal and what that might bring about. Mm. So it's preparing for that and that's a that's a, a a reality to to what those types of surrogacy teams can have to navigate 
And again, counselling, great place to talk about those, those things. Absolutely. Any last bits of wisdom? Buckle in. Um, get your cha-cha shoes on. Look, it's, you know, I guess I, I say to all of my teams, surrogacy is the most amazing journey. If you, you know, you get your house in order and you show up and be who you need to be for the people that you're working with, you know, you take it step by step and day by day, you'll get there. You've just got to keep going. You know, it's, it's an exercise in grittiness. Yeah, that's a good word, isn't it? Grittiness. And being their authentic selves too, that although the relationship might be unbalanced because of the motivators there, it's you still need to be you and you still need to show people your, your warts and all because they may be the thing, if you may have two left feet in your cha-cha dance, that's okay. <laughs> Don't pretend yeah. you're anything else. <laughs> There's always somebody who's going to want to dance with you, but it's it's about, you know, thinking about um it's not just a nine-month pregnancy that you're um, having to be, you know, to, to be somebody that you're not if that's what you're doing. It's actually an awful long time to maintain that. So being yourself and being who you are, warts and all, um, but being the best version of yourself, I think is um, way more to be. Thank you for joining me. If you're looking for more resources, check out the show notes for this episode and consider joining us in one of our webinars so you can have your questions answered on the spot. Please subscribe to this podcast if you found it valuable and share it with someone so they too can benefit from this conversation. Until next time, welcome to the village.